It's the fourth hour of First Up here on TSN 1050. Aaron Karolnik and Carlo Koliakovo, Rihanna, all day long. We're getting ready for the Super Bowl halftime show, which no doubt will be outstanding. Rihanna puts on a clinic anytime she takes to the stage. It's been seven years since she has performed live, so that adds a little bit of extra gusto to the Super Bowl matchup, which I think by itself is going to be a remarkable game. Let's bring in our man Freddie Coleman from ESPN Radio. What's happening, Freddie? Good morning. I'm good, and good morning to everybody up there. How's everybody feeling? We're good. We're man. pumped, We're good. man. Pumped. We, one day closer <laughs> to the Super Bowl. We are Yeah, indeed. one thing. I'm sorry about that. One thing about the Super Bowl this year, because of what happened last week when Tom Brady retiring, two NFL coaching vacancies were filled, yet the Kyrie Irving madness happened over the weekend. We didn't get a chance to talk much about Kansas City and Philadelphia, so everybody's right. really geeked out because we get a chance to talk about it starting last night. It is, a, it is a good point. There's been so much massive news in the sports world this week, and you mentioned many of the big topics. I mean, Brady retiring, Kyrie Irving, massive star in the NBA getting traded, and we have the NBA trade deadline on Thursday. I wonder once that ultimately uh, passes and we get to Thursday evening, Friday morning, I mean, it'll really heat up, and, and rightfully so, because we have an unbelievable Super Bowl matchup here. And I am still struggling, Freddie, to comprehend how Patrick Mahomes – and I get it, he's a little bit hobble, he's got the ankle injury, but the fact that he's an underdog in the Super Bowl, <laughs> it still blows my mind, and you can probably hear which way I'm leaning as far as my wagers on a site like FanDuel might go, but when you think about Mahomes and the Chiefs, what they've done over the last five years, the level of consistency by which they perform year in and year out, and this year of all years where the monumental changes to their offense with Tyreek Hill out and they bring in all these new guys. Do you think it's appropriate to label the Chiefs as an underdog in a game like this? Well, the reason that they're underdog is because Philadelphia is such a complete and balanced team. And to your point about the underdog label, I can't remember in any time of watching football and following football where you have two number one seeds who get to the Super Bowl and they had so much disrespect placed next to their name because before <laughs> the season, like you mentioned, everybody said, what is Patrick Mahomes going to do without Tyree Kill and Russell Wilson's in with the Denver Broncos and the Chargers are coming on strong. And even one of my fellow coworkers, Bart Scott, said he didn't think the Chiefs would make the playoffs. And lo and behold, they have what? the best record in the AFC again. I, oh, my goodness. When he said that, I was ready to just go to pitchforks and fire to his house. <laughs> and say, Dude, you got to be out of your mind when it comes to that. And then in the AFC championship game, because he was compromised, people did not give them a chance even playing at home to beat Cincinnati. So they've had enough of that motivation that they keep trying to overcome that. And you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, where they were the last undefeated team in the NFL, and people said, are they as good as their record? Then they get to the playoffs, and they said the Giants would have a chance and that the San Francisco 49ers were a more physical team. And then two games later, the Eagles had beaten the blood out of both of those teams. So you understand why Philadelphia, because they're a complete team, the way they can run the football and stop the run. But you're right about Mahomes. Sometimes magic can overcome what another team on the other side has. And we've seen his magic not only lift up his game, but lift up everybody else's game on his team as well on both sides of the football. Well, if any, if Patrick Mahomes walking out of the airplane on Monday was any indication of how his health status is, this guy was not showing any limp, was not wearing a boot. Like, this guy is primed and ready to play on the big stage. And 
Like, look, credit to him, man. What this guy's persevered through in the last two weeks just to get to this point. I mean, to think of a high someone playing through a high ankle sprain. I played hockey for 14 years. I could have never played on a high ankle sprain. I don't know how he did it and the magic that he did to doing it, but clearly you can never count him out in any game that he's in. Just the way, you know, him and Andy Reid can find different ways to beat you, and they've clearly showed that this year, where even when they're not at their best, they find ways to win football games. But, Freddie, I'll be honest with you, as much as we sit here and praise Kansas City, I actually like the Eagles in this game because – I think they're more complete on both sides of the ball, and the fact that Jalen Hurts can beat you both with his arm and his leg. Do you think ultimately he could be the X factor in this game? Oh, there's no doubt about that. And let's look at Jalen Hurts because he's still playing with a sprained right shoulder that he suffered in the regular season when they played that game against the Chicago Bears, and the fact that he's been able to stay and be successful with a compromised shoulder shows a lot about his toughness and his grit. But I've also come to a conclusion, no matter who wins this game, it was something that a friend of mine who coaches college football, Buddy Tevens at Dartmouth in New Hampshire, he says sometimes it's not about who's the best team, but who's playing the best that day. And how many times have we seen Kansas City be the best team that day? For example, against Cincinnati, or what the Philadelphia Eagles were able to do throughout the regular season and the playoffs. Both of these teams have outstanding coaching staffs who do a really, really outstanding job of getting their teams ready and prepared for even anything that they may not even think about preparing for and preparing for any eventuality. And I understand why people are leaning towards the Eagles because we've seen what they've been able to do. But we've also seen what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do on this stage. And he said something on Media Day last night that always will resonate with me. He said, this is my third time. I know how blessed and fortunate that we are as an organization. But we have not forgotten that loss two years ago to Tampa Bay, and that still stings. And he says, I don't want to have that feeling ever again. When you have a guy that put that message out there, I guarantee you that message was circulating around Kansas City throughout the whole week to say, hey, guys, remember the last time we were here and we didn't play our best and Tampa Bay put it on us? Let's make sure that doesn't happen again. And that can be a very, very X factor for Kansas City on one side to maybe not so much compliment, but maybe kind of contradict what the X factor Jalen Hurts could be on the other side for Philadelphia. Our guest is Freddie Coleman from ESPN Radio. Freddie, and whenever, you know, the big networks, notably ESPN, south of the border, are talking about our city, our basketball team. I think back to 2019 when the Raptors went all the way to the NBA Finals and beat the Warriors. We were loving the national attention from ESPN. I think perhaps since then... This week might be the most that the Raptors have been talked about on ESPN, considering how OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam and Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. could all be potentially moved, maybe in separate deals. I don't know if all four will be traded, but all four could be traded uh, as far as what we expect heading into Thursday. I mean, there's a lot of whispers around uh, your the four-letter the network uh, you work for, Freddie, about the Raptors. What are you hearing about the guests from the guests that you speak to on your show, and what do you ultimately think will happen with the Raptors? Well, well, now that you know who's been traded from the Brooklyn Nets, then everything's yeah. on the table now when it comes to the NBA and the trading deadline by Thursday. And OG Ananobi seems to be that hot name that a lot of teams are interested in, especially the New York Knicks, for example, because if you put him on that team 
or you got a fellow Canadian like R.J. Barrett to go with Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. Now you got a foursome that can really do some things, especially with O.G. Ananobi not only can score inside and outside, but also being able to guard the basketball. You're going to need that if you're going to run into a Jason Tatum of Boston, if you're going to run into the Philadelphia 76ers and the James Harden. You need a guy like that. So that name's been hot out there. Fred VanVleet, I hope he doesn't get moved because he's such a great story. But if you're the Toronto Raptors and you believe you've exhausted everything possible with this group, then you've got to prepare for the future. You've got to do the same thing the Philadelphia Eagles did where they won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson, but it seemed that it wasn't working a couple of years after that, and they completely flipped everything. They moved on from him. They moved on from Carson Wentz. They bring in Nick Sirianni. They draft Jalen Hurst. They get other people, and voila, here they are in the Super Bowl once again five years later. I think Toronto wants to have that kind of reset, and that's why those four names, we've heard a lot of them, and it's going to be very interesting who they decide to keep. But I think you can see OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet, possibly Gary Trent moved. Pascal Siakam, you can get a King's ransom, but do you want to part with a guy that sets an outstanding two-way player in the NBA? Those are kind of decisions that Masi Jury is going to have to make regarding Toronto because it can't just be about what you're going to give back. It's about what you're going to give back that can make it work for your future, whether it's a player, draft pick, expiring contract, whatever that's going to be. It's going to be very interesting what kind of deals are going to be out there and what he decides is going to be best for Toronto going forward and not just for this season. Freddie, when, as we approach the NBA trade deadline, yes, the Raptors are going to be a team that a lot of people target for their players, but out of the contending teams, like, let's just say Boston, Milwaukee, uh, Denver, and let's say the, the, the Clippers or the Memphis Grizzlies, which team do you think would make, is going to make the biggest splash on trade deadline? Boy, that's a good question. Um, because they really, you think about the teams you just mentioned, they really don't need anybody. Milwaukee, they're pretty stacked, and they're getting Chris Middleton back. He's going to come off the bench for them. Boston, they really don't need anything. They just need to get healthy, and I think you're going to see that when it comes to Robert Williams and Jalen Brown and, and, and Marcus Smart. Same thing with the Denver Nuggets. Now that Jamal Murray, speaking of Canadian pride right there, another guy that's really playing outstanding basketball for the Denver Nuggets, the combat Nikola Jokic, and Aaron Gordon has been a wonderful Swiss Army knife that a modern basketball can guard for a position. So I don't think any of the contenders that you mentioned, including Memphis, will make a splash as, as far as the trading deadline goes. But I still think Phoenix is in the running for Kevin Durant. Until, uh, until the trading deadline passes, I could see them trying to put together a package and see if the Brooklyn Nets are going to bite because the Nets orchestrated this whole thing with Kyrie Irving. They knew that they were sick and tired of him. They did not want to put up with any kind of nonsense that potentially could be there, even though he had been relatively quiet until his trade request demand happened before the weekend. And so they put that stipulation in the contract saying, we want to give you that fourth year, that extra year for the extension. But if you don't win a championship, you're not going to get it. They knew that was going to be a red flag in front of the bull known as Kyrie Irving. So they completely made sure he fell for that, in my opinion, orchestrated that now he's gone. I don't think it's off the table. I don't think it's out of the realm to say they will not be listing for offers for Kevin Durant. And if Phoenix gives them something that they really can sink their teeth into, he could potentially be moved by the trading deadline. Well, I'm sure you'll be covering that on your show, Freddie and Fitz, ESPN Radio. We appreciate your time, Freddie, as always. Thank you for doing this. We'd love to do it again soon. Absolutely. Sooner than soon. And you guys take care. I can't wait to do it again. You got it, buddy. Enjoy the Super Bowl. By the way, who who do you got for the Super Bowl? Eagles, Chiefs. I was leaning Philadelphia. I'm not leaning to them as much because – 
like I mentioned about that Mahomes magic, it reminds this game reminds me so much of the 2006 Rose Bowl where USC was a complete team. But Vince Young had that magic about him and led that victory. I could wow. see something similar happening on Sunday. So I'm right now leaning Kansas City, but it's Tuesday. Tomorrow could change my mind. Thursday could change my mind. Back with that right now. I'm Amen. leaning Kansas City. I think they win a close, tough, and terrific ball game on Sunday. But then again, things can change. No, that's the right pick. That's the right pick, Freddie. You got it. It is the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I promise you. Thank you. That is uh, Freddie Coleman, uh, ESPN Radio. You think LeBron gets 36 points tonight, Coco? Yes. They're playing Oklahoma City, man. Come on. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's averaging, what, 29 a game. It's such a big night. It's at home. It's going to be the Kobe Bryant final game of his career where literally everybody on the team was giving him the ball because they knew what that night meant tonight's lebron's night man he's gonna score 36 plus tonight guaranteed lock it in guaranteed should i make that part of my fan duel best bets yes hmm, interesting. lock it in oklahoma city played last night they gave up 140 to a golden state team that was playing yeah. with Curry. come on <laughs> the over under in this game tonight between oklahoma city and the lakers is 238 238, so a lot of points expected to be scored. How many by LeBron? That's an interesting one, an interesting one. We got to the night in the NHL last night. We've got Mitch Holtis standing by from Kansas City as well. They're play-by-play boys, but how about the season that Matthew Kachuk is having? I was looking at that this during the break. I don't think he's getting nearly enough credit for the year he's having, and there were a lot of people who thought, oh, Gaudreau was helping Kachuk do his thing, but no, 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 no. He goes to Florida, is producing just as much, if not more, than he did last year with the Flames. However, however, Florida, a team that may not make the playoffs, a little bit different in that respect. We'll get to that story, and we'll get back into a big night between the Rangers and the Flames as well. Fisticuffs left and right between those two teams. As first stop rolls on, it's the fourth hour of the show here on TSN 1050. Entourage classic, Coco. Remember when they roll into the club in the season one? I can't remember exactly what was going on. Maybe Head On had just come out or something like that. It's weird how certain... It seem like an Entourage song. You guys at Prey? That's what it is. That's what the episode was. It's sad how many times I've seen certain Entourage episodes. We actually had a listener text me or tweet at me and saying that he's been watching Entourage for the first time. Let me find his name here. I don't know if I have it. For the first time? For the, for the first time. I've never seen it before. And he's like, how have I never watched this? Thank you yeah. guys for putting me on to Entourage. Because Could you imagine, it truly like, is special. You know, you're, you're a young kid that just you know went graduated grade 8. You're entering your, your, your grade 9, grade 10 of high school. And, you know, over the last... Three years, you would say, you know, minus 2022, but let's say 20 to 22, you didn't really have that sort of high school experience that most sure. kids normally share. And you, you didn't really spend much time, you know, thinking about some of the great shows of the past. And then somebody introduces you to Entourage and you're like, you've never heard of Entourage. And now through your high school years, you're you're dialed into the seven is it seven seasons of Entourage? Seven seasons, yeah. I mean, oh the first five are God. good. But, uh, the, his name was Thomas Vezina, who says that he just started watching it. So shout out to Thomas. But yeah, it's uh some special stuff. It it, it really yeah. is. And remember those Sunday nights on HBO? You had the Entourage and the and the Sopranos. Yeah, back to back. To back. back. Oh, 
I'm not gonna get anything better after than that. a full not slate of football. Yeah, I remember. Goodness, I remember man. back in the day too. Like I used to be big into like like online poker, like Poker Stars and oh, you must poker. have just donated so much money and to those sites. The, like the most fun thing to do on Sundays was like to play in those like million dollar tournaments. <laughs> yeah, and oh, yeah. you'd spend all I'm, day I'm playing in those, and then you know as the night winds down, you've you got the football that you're watching on the screens, and then. You know, you got, like you said, the Sopranos and then the Entourage, and it's like, wow, what a way to finish the week on a Sunday. And then Monday you wake up, and you're like, somebody punches you in the face, and you're like, (laughs) wake up, it's Monday. Yeah. Yeah. We used to have a big uh, big crew on Sunday nights back when I was in university, and we all hung out, watched the Sopranos, Entourage, played NHL to like four in the morning, and probably just didn't show up to class the next day. Ah, the good old days. Sleep in. Did you ever play the online poker? Oh, yeah, dude. I I didn't have much money, though. Like, you know, it was lower stakes, I'm sure. You know, what you had going on was a little bit different, but yeah, I, I loved the online poker. So there sure. was a group of guys that I knew that would religiously play every Sunday, and then there was a couple times a bunch of them went really deep, like even to the final table, and you would just wait for that text message from your buddy saying, I'm at the final table, and you turn in to watch, and like the intensity at the final table, because like, you get to the final table, I think you're guaranteed a couple hundred grand. To get to the final table on a Sunday Absolutely. online tournament, and you're like, <laughs> it was it was the rush that 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 you would go through watching this was incredible, and oh yeah, that's and then that's afterwards, like those would go into the early hours of the morning too, and uh, craziness. The good I was old days to, uh, the good to Luke days. Wilson's podcast. Luke Wilson and Luke Bellis do a podcast. Yeah. They had David Sanchez all on. time. Uh, all time, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, Davis was talking about when he retired from the CFL, went down to Vegas and played a lot of poker. Let's just say it did not go well for him. Yeah. <laughs> did not go well for him. What he's got I, going on now, definitely yeah, a lot better. I, I, I used to like play it a lot, and now it's like, I don't know if I've just like hit a stage where it just it bores me. I, I have no interest in playing any of those casino games. Like, well none. dude how about the how about the guys who play eight hand eight like different hands at the same time of it's different poker. I don't know how man. you possibly do that. I, I like my attention span right now is very, very low just because like I've I've entered the broadcasting world and the analyst world where you know I, I talk about how I have my four screen TV setup. Yes. Where I'm constantly just you know my eyes are just constantly circling you know each screen and that's what I've just trained my body <laughs> to do to watch and my eyes to watch when I'm watching sports. It's like I can't keep my eyes focused on one screen. It's like even when I'm watching one game on one big screen, I'm constantly searching my phone to, you know, find talking points or the hot trends that are going on on social media and stuff like that. It's really, really hard for me to focus on one thing at a time, which is why I can't play poker. It's just like it's too boring for me. A couple of texts coming in. Mario from Cowden writing in. Boardwalk Empire, also good on Sunday nights, right. most definitely. And then there's another right. text that came out that say that both you and I, Carlos, sound the exact same on the radio. I never Interesting. I've never heard that before. Cheese, can you confirm that Carlo and I sound the exact same? I this is the first I'm hearing of this. That is a big time no. I'm not okay. sure what that guy's hearing, but I mean <laughs> okay. to right. their own, I guess. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> You just posted something on our group chat, Cheese. 
You've yep. never watched Entourage? I have not. I have not. What? I've heard great things, but why? just haven't found the time for it. <laughs> how old are you again? It's like, why? Your age. <laughs> and why, How's that even possible? Like, What were you doing like in high school and university? Before I met my girlfriend, I wasn't a big TV person. I had other hobbies, so I think that's why I missed the boat. Dude, do you see what Congrats this guy on comes sex, up geez. with? Congrats on the sex. Okay. All right, moving on. Do you, see what, hold no, on. Do you see what this guy comes up with on a daily basis? There's a reason why he doesn't watch TV. Yeah, he's a, a genius yeah, coming he's, up with he's, stuff. He is, he is grinding hard on first stop. I respect that immensely. Oh, but, my God. you got to get on Entourage. You do 22-minute episodes. No brainer. No brainer. That's yeah, uh, you got to get into against. Entourage. Jeez. Yeah, trust but, me. So you're listening to all these references that we make, and you're like nodding your head. You're like, what the hell are these guys talking about? <laughs> Who's Vinny Chase? <laughs> Anyways, uh, also uh, our boss Stephanie Apolito saying we don't sound the same at all. Not uh, at all. Sound, Thanks, she said I sound. She said I sound much better than you, Carl. That's what she wrote. Get out of here. No, she, 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 she didn't write that. In any case, uh, we've got Mitch Holt is standing by. I did want to give a, some love to Matthew Kachuk. Had five points last night. The Panthers lay a beating on the Tampa Bay Lightning, seven-one, and Kachuk is on pace for one hundred and sixteen points. There were a lot of people who doubted whether he'd be able to repeat what he did last year in Calgary, this year in Florida. He's done it, and he deserves a, a ton of love, not only as a great player, but also a great ambassador for the game. I, I love the Kachucks. I think those guys are, are just awesome and fantastic players, fantastic guys. And I think there could be a big second half coming for the Florida Panthers here. Well, look, I mean, I think if you, if you evaluate Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau, when they were together, they were magic. I mean, the, both guys eclipsed the 100-point mark. I mean, look what they did for Calgary. But... I think if you had to make a projection or a prediction on who was going to probably have better success away from each other, I mean, Matthew Kachuk went to Florida, a team that was the president's trophy winner last year, a team that has so many other offensive weapons, and he has a better chance to replicate that success playing with those players. Johnny Gaudreau went to Columbus. I mean... And that was his choice to go there. I mean, uh, let's let's not you know uh, dis- discredit you know his his decision. He chose to go there, but he's not surrounded by the same pieces that Matthew Kachuk is. And I and this isn't a takeaway from Matthew Kachuk as a player. I think anybody would love Matthew Kachuk on his on their team because he's an unbelievable player. He can play any way you want. And clearly, look, the guy's fifth in the league in scoring right now. I think I mean that's a little bit of a surprise to people, but I don't think the surprise of the success that he's having should should come as a surprise to people because he's an unbelievable player in a better situation than Goudreau is in Columbus. And uh, he's 25 years old. They signed him for eight years, nine five. When that cap, when the salary cap rises in a couple of years, that that deal is going to look like a complete and utter steal. Uh, for the Panthers, so good work on them. A very shrewd maneuvering to lock him up, trade for him, and lock him up long-term because uh, that kid's going to be a stud for a very long time. We've got Mitch Holtis on the other side, the radio voice 
of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll look ahead to the Super Bowl. Seeing a lot of people heading down to Arizona. Coco, our boy BDB from Covers, he's on a flight right now. We saw our friends from TSN as well. Uh, they've already made their way down to Arizona. We'll get Mitch Holtis's thoughts on what's going on down there and a look ahead to the big game on Sunday. Maybe he's got a good feel for Rihanna and what songs she could perform as well. We've got to make some money as well from our guests. You're listening to First Up here on TSN 1050. And it is caught over there now, slipping, and the Chiefs will tackle him! This game is over! This game is over! You can doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs as the AFC champions! Oh my goodness! That is the voice of our next guest, Mitch Holtis. He is the radio play-by-play voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Needless to say, he was fired up following the Chiefs' win in the AFC title game. And man, am I ever in line with him following hearing that call again. I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl, as I'm sure he is as well. Kind enough to take some time out of his busy schedule. It is Mitch Holtis here on First Stop. What's going on, Mitch? A lot, guys. A lot. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of asteroids flying uh, in the atmosphere, and so uh, yeah, a lot of excitement. And that call was just the, I think, the oozing out of what um, kind of we had encountered for six months, where there was after the Tyree Kill trade, there was just a prevailing thought that the Chiefs would be covered in you know volcanic ash in molten lava by Halloween, and it was just different. This, this Chiefs team has overcome a lot, you guys, and they've been really underrated, if that even seems possible, in many ways. No, I, I think you're spot on, Mitch, and it goes back to the Tyree trade. Tyree Kill is one of the best oh. offensive weapons we've seen in the last decade or so. In the last 25 years, the guy is unbelievable, and his connection with Patrick Mahomes was undeniable. But the way that Mahomes, I would say, and I've heard him say this in his interviews this week, Mitch, was he took a more leadership role on the team, and he was leading by example and leading by design as well. How do you think Mahomes has matured in lieu of the Tyreek Hill trade and everything that's ensued over the past year or so? Well, it's been progressive ever since even prior to the Tyreek Hill trade, and your observation and question is a very good one. We look at stats with quarterbacks and should. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, though, if we look at the stats in his first five years as a starter, he's the winningest quarterback in NFL history at 64 and 16. Of every metric that we use to gauge a quarterback, and that's Josh Allen or anybody else, and that is, you know, completions, attempts, yards, yards per attempt, touchdowns, TDINT ratio. Patrick Mahomes is number one in NFL history in every one of those categories in his first five years as a starter, with the exception of interceptions. I think Aaron Rodgers had two fewer in his first five years as a starter. But your question, I say that only as a precursor to answer your question. The real answer here is the fact that what is overrated about Patrick Mahomes is his physical, mental, and emotional maturity at a very young age. Um, We can say, where does that come from? But it's been progressive. One thing that was helpful is he had his year as an apprentice uh, under Alex Smith in the 2017 season. So many stats are convoluted when people compare them to their first three years or first four years just because Patrick didn't play. But it's it's been his maturity 
in other ways that go beyond the stats, and that's what's underrated about Patrick Mahomes. Mitch Holtis is our guest. He is the radio play-by-play voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, in the Super Bowl. Sunday, you could watch it on CTV and TSN here north of the border. I think something that Mahomes and the Chiefs offense as a whole was made so impressive last week against the Bengals was all the injuries they suffered. Kadarius Toney goes down. Smith-Schuster goes down. Hardman goes down. They're throwing passes to Marcus Kemp. Mitch, you know, <laughs> on the final drive against Cincinnati, and Noah Gray was catching passes, and they were using Pacheco in the pass game as well. And I'm curious to know what you could tell us about some of these injuries that the Chiefs had <clears throat> suffered in the AFC title game and how it could affect the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. I don't bet, so I don't do prop bets. I don't do in-game bets or any of that. But, guys, if you had Marcus Kemp catching a 13-yard pass in the fourth <laughs> quarter of the AFC championship game, You'd have enough money to take all of us to opening day of the Blue Jays, right? And you're right. You're beer. right. Like you'd have, you'd have enough money. But okay, so let's just back up the truck here a second and tell you another very uh, facet of this team and what's happened here the last ten years, and that is the comprehensive leadership of Andy Reid. He also is underrated. Guys, if he can win this game Sunday. If he's not on Mount Rushmore, he's on the next mountain over. Because when you look at, again, statistically, he's top five in NFL history and wins. He's number two in NFL history in playoff victories. The only coach that's won 100 games with two separate franchises. The only coach that's won 10-plus playoff games, 10 with the Eagles, 11 with us, in the history of the National Football League. And yet what is underrated about him, it's very similar, it's just parallel to Mahomes, is his comprehensive nature of leadership and understanding. He prepares these guys like, I believe, no other coach in the league. Now, these receivers are required to know three languages. You guys know that, where you live, because you get most Canadians are bilingual. And the fact that these guys, if you're a receiver like Marcus Kemp, you're required to know the X, the slot, the Z. You're not an X. He's not a Z. I'm not a slot. We're everything. You've got to be prepared to play. It's also why Andy Reid, I think, has a leg up on the rest of the league. I think Coach McDermott does this with the Bills. I admire him. Of course, he's an Andy disciple. But every day matters. I just I shudder when I see these teams like blowing off OTAs or, ah, training camp, we just kind of, you know, September's our training camp. No, that doesn't outwork, and it really doesn't work in the AFC. Andy Reid prepares this team uh, – and a comprehensive nature, one through 53 to 93 or whatever, uh, more than any coach I've ever seen. So they were prepared for that moment. But, guys, they prepare for that moment in April, May, June. If you came to our training camps, you would see that uh, they're not there to just hey, get some photo ops. They are there a little bit of old school, but the new school part of it is he trains everybody in various languages so that they can handle it when we're faced with what we faced against Cincinnati. Mitch, the Kansas City Chiefs right now are on the verge of being this modern day's version of the New England Patriots when it comes to a dynasty. Third Super Bowl in four years. And going into last week's game, there was a lot of people knocking on the Chiefs, not giving them the respect that they probably deserved going into that. And granted, you know, there was some situations with Mahomes and Kelsey leading up to that game that made people believe that Kansas City probably was 
uh, had the better advantage to win that game. And I could tell by your call at the end of the game and basically the reaction of Travis Kelsey on the podium afterwards calling the Cincinnati mayor a jabroni that Kansas City <laughs> fans, people that follow the team, really took that game and really wanted to win that game to, to prove the world wrong. You're going into the Super Bowl right now as underdogs. Do you have that yep. same feeling as, as as someone who represents the Chiefs? Yeah, it's that same feeling, but but it's it's been there since April one. I mean, this is a team now that has won seven straight AFC West titles. That's not easy to do in a division where every team in the division has each won fifteen division titles. That's another kind of cool stab, but it just tells you how this division and I mean, you guys follow the. You know, the AFC East closely, obviously, that, but it eats its young. I mean, but the fact that this team, the Chiefs, have won the division now seven straight years is second only to the Patriots that you alluded to in NFL history. Further, five straight years of 12 wins is historic, um, second to only like those Patriot teams. And, again, it's like the Mahomes discussion and the Andy Reid discussion is the overall team and what they've accomplished discussion and for the life of me, I have no idea why the Cincinnati mayor did what he did. Like, what is that about? And it was a proclamation. It wasn't, hey, I missed the yeah. I was in the heat of the moment. It's great oh, for us radio folks. It was awesome. Let me I loved the it. Bills. Let me, no, let me give the – so the other thing is this. I, I, I couldn't believe this is only probably the only human on earth that could do it. Eli Apple kind of makes fun of the Bills and DeMar Hamlin with the heart and going to Cancun on three. I go, Eli wow. Apple just got the Bills Mafia on our side, which that's really yeah. hard to do, right? <laughs> and you're like, what are they? What are these guys doing? And one thing is to be confident. Another one is just to do what they did. And 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 really, you guys know this following the NFL. That does that's not a long that's not a long form play usually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean this team's this Chiefs team has felt a little disrespected all the way along, but they've used it. They've used it positively. But they don't use it like in, in a in a way where it gets in the in the way of getting things done. This is a team. Let me let me just give you some other stuff here. The Kansas City Chiefs of 2022 now in the 23 playoffs. Get this, guys, are the only team in National Football League history, 1921, where they had to face the first eight games of the season against teams that had winning records the year prior. Okay, let's go through half the schedule here. Because, well, you can take in the playoff games, but the Chiefs had to play Trevor Lawrence twice. They had to face Justin Herbert twice. They had to face Joe Burrow twice. They had to face Josh Allen, and they had to face Tom Brady. And that's half their schedule. Then, furthermore, their first five games of the year, there's only five times in the league that you can play in the regular season. Thursday night, Sunday early, Sunday afternoon, later, Sunday night, Monday night. The Chiefs' first five games of this season were in all five of those time slots. Doesn't seem like much? Yeah, it is. Ask the Bills and their coaching staff what the challenge would be like for them. Here's the point. This 2022 Chiefs team has faced everything that's been put in front of them. And I don't think they're arrogant. We've been called arrogant, but I'm like, I don't think so. Not this group. They'll react like Kels did. But the fact is, these guys just stay on task. And the task at hand is a really good Eagles team. And, yep, we're the underdog. Not many give us a chance to win this game. But I would sit down and go, you need to do a deep dive into the Chiefs and see what really makes this work. 
and it goes beyond the uh, surface of the surface of, of the lake. I think you're spot on, Mitch. And when you look at some of the quarterbacks and offenses that Kansas City has faced this year versus Philadelphia, at least in the last couple of months, not exactly a murderer's row for the Eagles. And I think it's safe to say the challenge presented by Kansas City on Sunday will be something they have not faced all season long. Best of luck to you and the Chiefs. I am riding with Kansas City in the Super Bowl. My man here, Carlo, is taking the Eagles, but hopefully you have swayed him over to our side, Mitch, over the course of our conversation. Thank you for doing this. I doubt it, but when you've got a name like Carlo, you're not easily <laughs> persuaded. And that's actually, You're very right. That's actually you are very right. Carlo. Yes. That's, <laughs> Thanks. That's Dig your heels in there, buddy. Dig your I heels in. It's it. a great Thanks, team. Buddy. Uh, but I will tell you this as a close. The Chiefs, this is why the Bills have an advantage, I think, or at least can, can play us tough. If you only play the Chiefs every once in a while, guys, we won 16 straight games in the regular season over the NFC. 16 straight. 14 of the last 15. The only loss was to Super Bowl 55 to the Bucks. So when you only play the Chiefs every now and then, it's very difficult. It's why the Bills have had success, I think, against the Chiefs in that we play them with regularity. They're always battles. And so... Uh, but when you just see us like once every Haley's Comet turn, it's we're a hard team to play. Well, it's going to be a great game on Sunday. You'll be down there, Mitch. You are the radio play-by-play voice of the Kansas City Chiefs and a fantastic guest as well. Yeah. Thank you for doing this for us. Good luck to you, Mitch. Yep. Go Jays, man. What a, you know? Go get them. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Uh, that's Mitch Holtis. Uh, the radio play-by-play voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He did have a line in there where he said, most Canadians are bilingual, which I enjoyed. Not accurate. Not accurate. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, Quebec maybe. But you right. know, most Canadians probably not. Like, how many people who you know are, are bilingual? So bilingual you know is two many- languages? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, like, Italian. I'm sure you know well, a lot I was going to say, Italian. if we're just doing yeah. Italian, like, I almost everybody that I know is bilingual. Because Italian and English. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's right. maybe maybe he's not wrong, but I think he probably meant more so French. Like, how many people would I? I guess my parents know Yiddish, <laughs> which is like a mix of Hebrew and Polish. I don't even know if it's a real language or not. But anyways, enough of this Narish guy. We'll move on to my FanDuel best bets. There's a very small segment of people driving around listening that really just enjoyed what I had to say there. But my FanDuel best bets coming up, which will include a bold prediction on what LeBron James will do tonight in his pursuit of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time points record. That's next. Time now for today's Best Bets, brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There will be a lot of people looking at the L.A. Lakers game tonight as part of their betting portfolio, and rightfully so. LeBron James needs 36 points to break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time points record, and I say he does it at plus 150. I'm also on the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. Man, they got spanked by Florida. They will bounce back in a big way against San Jose, a team that has lost six straight visits to the Amelie Arena in Tampa. So I will ride with the Lightning on the puck line. And my final selection of the evening, the Edmonton Oilers at the Detroit Red Wings. Let's take Edmonton to win and an over of six and a half parlayed. That pays plus 155 on FanDuel. Today's best bets have been brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today.
All right. It's quite a show. Quite a show, too. Quite a, a lot show, of fun. buddy. Excellent quite job by our man Cheese booking some great guests. Alan Hahn, Jack Armstrong, Chris Johnston, our man Mitch Holtis. Yeah. Touchdown, Kansas City. Why don't we play that call, Chrissy? Because we do have it queued up. We were going to play it for him, and then uh, for whatever reason, we decided not to. Let's take a listen to Mitch Holtis in all his glory. Mahomes pump faking. Now fires it late for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Travis Kelsey from Patrick Mahomes. Bang. That's a combo you're going to be hearing in the Super Bowl because Kelsey to get a touchdown in that Super Bowl, lock it in in the Kelsey oh. Bowl. It is the Kelsey yes. Bowl. It's the Andy Reid Bowl. And Kelsey, 12 touchdowns in his last 11 playoff games. The guy is a tutty machine. And I think he's minus 120 on FanDuel to record a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Mm. I don't know. It seems like it seems an easy like one to me. to me. It seems like almost too easy. Um, as yeah. far as Kelsey, but it's, it's either Kelsey or Jarek McKinnon near the goal line. I think McKinnon may be a, sl- a sneaky one, too. Mm-hmm. Remember, in the second half of the season, he was racking up uh, some serious touchdowns. So uh, that's that's it for us today. Uh, big news that we learned here on today's program. Our producer, Cheese, has never seen Entourage, so he's got Craziness. a homework assignment. Uh, he'll be checking out Turtle, E, Drama, Vinny Chase, Ari Gold. Maybe starting season That's your one homework, later geez. today. Go watch season one today and check back in with us tomorrow. Yes, watch the entire season one and two today. That's your, your summary of it. Yes. yes. Well, hey, Jeez asked me to sign off in French today because Ooh. of the comment Mitch made about Canadians being bilingual. So I, here's my crack at it. Restez en sécurité. Restez chic, Toronto. Do you know what I said? (laughs) I have no idea idea what you said. Please translate. Stay safe. Stay classy, Toronto. Bonjour. Ça va mal.